is currently an experienced designer at Wonderman Thompson. He is a game changer. He uses his intelligence, of which he has plenty, and his background to make a difference every day. VB believes in giving back to society through the work done by several organizations and side projects, but his main project now is called Link It Black. The advertising industry has an issue with recruiting and hiring black and underrepresented talent. It's a fact. So Link It Black is an initiative that gets everyone in the industry involved by sharing directories of underrepresented talent through their own platforms these people are looking to get hired, right? So a recruiter heads to your LinkedIn or portfolio site or Instagram with the goal to hire you. Maybe they're thinking about it. And they read instead, hello, thanks for visiting my profile. If you're here for recruiting purposes, definitely also check out the great talent at Link It Black. Our industry could certainly use some new perspectives. That link that the recruiters will click on will take them to websites like 28blacks.com, blackswho.design, creativewomenofcolor.com, diversecreatives.com, and many more. These are just a couple to name a few. So this is an amazing project that VB has worked on and an amazing story in general. So please give this episode a listen. Head over to Entering Ad on Instagram for all the details and to see how you can apply this model on your social profiles. So without further ado, this is the Breaking and Entering Podcast, and I am your accomplice, Gino Schellenberg. VB, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Podcast. I'm super excited to have you today. Likewise, Gino. Thank you so much for... uh you know, giving the opportunity to be a part of this uh, amazing podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you have an amazing story. You have an amazing career right now and you have an amazing side hustle. So we have a lot to unpack in this interview and I'm super excited to break it all down. But let's hear it from you. Talk about like who you are, where you're working. Just give us give us the overview of your life right now. Awesome. Um, right. So. Uh, I started uh, back home in India. I was actually born in Kenya, grew up in India, uh, where I did my bachelor's in engineering. It got a little too technical for me, and I was like, I want to explore the creative side, you know, the more human side of things. Uh, and that's what got me into like the production, into working with Viacom as a producer, uh, especially on the digital front, right? And from there, I transitioned into like something which is much more user centric. Uh, and that's when I did my master's uh, from Savannah College of Art and Design um, in design management. So uh, that's more of like design thinking, user experience, uh, which led me to where I am today uh, as an experienced designer with Wonderman Thompson, New York. Um, yeah. To sum it up, yeah. No, no, that's great. I think it's interesting. I think you're our first UX designer on the podcast. So give us for the, some of the, the our audience listening right now, our students, um, I don't know exactly what age, mainly upperclassmen, I would assume that's like what we do in our target testing and all of that. But you know, for some of the people out there, give us like an, a, a brief overview of like what you handle in your job day to day. What is like the experience designer? What are you in charge of? And what do you what do you look over? Right. So, uh, you know, if you just break down the two words, experience and design, 
Uh, it's that's literally what I do. So uh, basically, anything that is consumer facing. Uh, or even has, uh, you know, and when we talk about consumer or a customer, that could be anybody, right? That could be somebody who's working in your office, that could be an employee, that could be uh, a client that you're working with, that could be a user who's using your product, uh, or anyone for that matter. So uh, how do we make sure that the experience a product or a service is trying to achieve is translated very well uh, in order for them to use it? So usability, uh, which includes like understanding the research, what is the target audience, or what is the behavior type, how has the behavior evolved, uh, and understanding that to strategize in a way that the product or service could communicate with them. So uh, when we talk about experience design, it has multiple words to it, right? It's experience design, it's customer experience, it's uh, user experience. Uh, they all fall under the same category and they all mean the same thing. It's about designing with the customer as a center of the focus and the primary person that you're designing for. Gotcha. Nice. Um, what are some of the things that you love to work on with your job? Um, like one of those day-to-day -day tasks that when you get assigned to this, you're like, yes, this is going to be a great day. Well, uh, so I love what I do at this moment in time. So uh, almost every task that I'm assigned to, I'm just like, I love it. Uh, nice. be because there is this, uh, there's this, you know, um, version of innovation in it. There's a version of changing the way you think about a product or a service. And because you have, uh, I won't call it a horse vision, but that opportunity to work in a particular direction to make it a success is, is what, you know, keeps me going. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. So we have a lot to unpack. Like I said before, um, mm -hmm. uh, you're originally from India. Am I correct? That's right. Nice. And you went to school in India and you went to Narsi Monji Institute. Did I say that correct? That's right. Yes. Nice. So I just think it's so interesting because you're our first guest to go from electrical engineering into the advertising realm. What at what point did it click for you to say, all right, I need to maybe uh, stray away from electrical engineering and I want to work in this creative field? When, when did that hit you? So uh, that's interesting. So I still remember during electrical engineering, we were working on a project to, you know, build a line following robot. Uh, and the code and everything was fine. Like, you know, we, we could work that out. But when it came to presentation skills, everyone was like, um, how do we figure this out? And that's where, you know, it became a turning point for me that uh, when we are having conversations with real humans, uh, explaining the technical part of it becomes so interesting. And that's what got me to, you know, be like, there's a whole different way we can look at things. Uh, there's a whole different way humans perceive technology and understand technology. And uh, then that, that's what actually triggered me to be like, let's look at the creative side of tech. Nice. And that's what, and then what made you say, okay, advertising is like this next route to go? Because I'm sure creativity and technology you, there's multiple different routes, maybe that I'm not aware of, but what led you to advertising specifically? Um, so I started freelancing initially because I was just like, you know, just coming out of electrical engineering, I, I wasn't sure if like I'd get a gig anywhere. But I started freelancing for a bit. People started liking my work and I used that to actually uh, start looking for jobs. So it happened to be that, you know, uh, a startup uh, or, or a new agency was looking for for help on visuals. And I started working with them initially. They liked my work, they put me on the gig. 
and the rest is all history. From there, I, I got more and more, you know, uh, interested towards the visual side of things, uh, which led me to move to MTV, where I was helping them transition from, you know, when TV moved to digital. Uh, and, and yeah, so, so that became an interesting curve uh, of my life there. Yes, we're going to talk about the MTV thing. But um, so the freelance, you did freelance. And what were you doing freelance specifically? Like, what were you offering? And how did people find you freelance wise? So it was uh, through the network. So initially, uh, I, I used to like work with friends or, you know, friends, brothers and sisters who were working for different agencies. And they'd be yeah. like, hey, do you have like an hour or something? So it was just like through my own network. Uh, and, you know, that helped me start building a portfolio. And initially I did not know what a portfolio meant till I started working on it. And then I was like, this is a whole different world out there, which is way more interesting, creative uh, than, than, you know, tech itself. Yeah. Yeah. So the, you, you slowly started gathering experience and then, you, and then an agency picked you up. This is cool. This is an interesting story. Um, when did you move to the US? Like when did, what was your first job in the US? So I came to the US for my master's uh, and that was uh, design design management at SCAD. Uh, and my first gig was I interned at uh, Great Dane Trailer uh, and they were looking for more uh, on people's side of things. So again, like human-centered design, they wanted to make sure that the people's team are working great. Uh, how can they create a platform where uh, the internal employees can understand the products better and convert them into sales? So again, a very people-centered uh, or human-centered uh, opportunity. Uh, that for an industry which is uh, not so human-centered. Uh, so it, it was an interesting task there. And then from there, um, I, I got a job at uh, J. Walter Thompson, which was back in the day and now transitioned to right. Wonderman Thompson. Right, right, right. Right. So I just think it's so interesting um, that as an electrical engineer undergrad, you discovered that you had this interest and passion for that human connection. And you, it could have been in that presentation phase when you what you talked about before. But that, I mean, I, I don't usually hear that too often from people that are in electrical engineering. I don't know too many people in electrical engineering <laughs> as well. But <laughs> I think that that's absolutely amazing that you you were able to kind of carve your own path. So your break-in story is one that was led by this passion for um, the user, which is people. Um, and you just kind of paved your own way with this impressive electrical engineering degree. Right. Uh, and I also say that coming into advertising in New York also was was actually an interesting thing. Uh, back in the day, there was this program called Jumpstart. And that was just like, you know, getting creative minds into advertising, uh, those who do not belong to the industry specifically. Sure. So because I had, you know, the past experience of engineering and then a bit of creativity and that mix of like creative technologists, uh, I think uh, I, I interned with uh, J. Walter Thompson initially uh, through that Jumpstart program, uh, which got me, you know, my way into it. And and we started seeing that there's there's always a need of perspective, a new perspective, yes. a new area in creativity. And uh, I think that worked out great. And I've been fortunate. Absolutely. And that kind of segues into your side hustle and your side project going on. But before we get into that, I think we'd be foolish not to talk about you landing. I think, I think 
J. Walter Thompson, which is now Wonderman Thompson, where you work now, mm-hmm. um, you got in there because of this jumpstart program. And I'm sure there's – do you know if that program's still going around today? So that program is uh, undergoing a transformation, and sure. there are different ways that we are trying to, like, pull that back up. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. Well, there are um, – there's multiple like programs like that that people can get involved in. So if you have any um, that you know of, you can email me, email it to me, and I will put that in the show description. But I think those are su- super important. And then, did you apply to get into that, or what was that process like? Right. Yeah. So I had to apply to that. So I had just graduated from SCAD, uh, you know, completing my master's, uh, and I came across this opportunity. Uh, to be a part of like uh, 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 an advertising agency that's super well known, but at the same time looking to you know broaden the thought uh, process through different fields. And I thought this is a great opportunity for someone like me to be a part of. I had to fill in an application given the reason like why I wanted to be a part of it. Sure. So you know, coming from uh, you know that diverse perspective of like, okay, I understand technology, I understand it from a very different perspective. Uh, not just the computer science uh, side of things, but from the electronics and how can we innovate uh, in order to be a part of that. Uh, I think that's what like really highlighted and the team uh, like that perspective to be brought onto, onto uh, yeah the team. Yeah. So you ended up at J. Walter Thompson. This was uh, March 2017. That's right. Yes. Uh, so I'm not sure exactly when, but that was before the merge between Wonderman uh and thompson um that's right yeah that what was that 2018 that that merge or acquisition whatever you want to call it happened i would say 2019 it was when the merger took place so let me jan 2019 it's crazy i i I feel like that was like years ago but obviously not i mean i guess with the pandemic everything seems like years ago that's so true yeah um, but I, to what to my basic uh, advertising agency knowledge, uh, J. Walter Thompson was like this creative powerhouse, like since like the seventies. And don't quote me on the seventies, but for a long time, J. Walter Thompson kind of like ran the creative world. Um, but that merged, I think, Wonderman was more digital focused. Am I correct on that? Right. Uh, so I think it's. It's, you know, the way the world has evolved now today, we, especially today when we're talking about COVID, everything has become digital and it's important that we take that task. So I think the merger proved to be a, a great thing uh, for, for both the companies to come together to have that, you know, that creative hold, the oh, technology yeah. hold and the data hold. You have to have uh, it. Yeah. Correct. So so now it becomes like a wholesome picture uh, that you put together and, and now we can literally go in and innovate on anything possible. Um, I think Wonderman Thompson's the largest advertising agency in the world. Uh, that I think the Maggie Suska episode, we kind of talked about that. I don't know if that's for sure true, but it sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, there are so many people across the network, uh, and the great part is that everyone is like interconnected through our system. So I'm pretty sure we'd be the biggest out there. So where where do you sit now at Wonderman Thompson? You are the experienced direct designer. Where what is it like? Is that where is that in the the hierarchy of things? So uh, when we uh, so customer experience is now that we we're really focusing in on and and 
I think it has two realms to it, right? One is the strategy part of it, and one is the design part of it. Right. So uh, when we look at customer uh, experience and the strategy part of it, that's like how do we want this vision to come to life? But when we look at the visual, it's like how does this look and feel and what is the interaction that we're trying to create for the user? So I'd say like as an experience designer, I'm looking at more of like a little between the strategy portion and the design portion. This makes so much sense to me. Okay, keep going, sorry. Okay, yeah. So, so, and that's that's where actually I, I do a lot of my work. And because as an experience designer, most of the people on our team are experience designers because there's not a single thing that we have to do. We have to understand research. We have to understand how the strategy works. We have to understand how visuals work in order to create that wholesome experience for for a user. And which is why we are always multitasking. On on one project, we'll be as a strategist. On one project, we'll be as a experience designer. Yeah, yeah. So it, it depends on project to project. Well, what I think is interesting in, in college now, if you're an advertising major, we talk a lot about like the strategist kind of like feeds the, the media placement and uh, the insight is like the number one thing. But what I think it's interesting is looking at where the user or the customer, whoever you're trying to interact with, what are those touch points that they're at in their daily lives? And then where do we come in as advertisers to meet them there and deliver the right message at that right moment. So is that kind of like what you're doing? Right. So it's a bit of everything, right? Uh, but still that core advertising and it depends on the client's needs. Uh, so if a right. client wants specifically advertising, then the output is something else. And then we get subject matter experts for, for you know, that part of the process. But if, a, if a, a client wants and sort of an engagement or some kind of product to be built, then that would be a completely different team. Then you were speaking to developers and, and not just art directors, but everyone is kind of involved in every process because we are talking of like a whole ecosystem that mm -hmm. we have to be, that has to be built behind reaching a user. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, what type of uh, listener or student now, um, what skills or interests should they have to pursue kind of this UX experience design route in advertising? I think there are multiple ways uh, that can be done. So human psychology is a very interesting portion. I, I love it. Uh, I read a lot about it. But at the same time, it's there's so many courses out there that, you know, dwell into the human psychology part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, in addition to which, there are a lot of like small courses that can uh, teach you the skills of what a process is and how can we undergo an entire process by keeping an open mind. Because generally as humans, we tend to always look into a particular direction. Uh, and as an experience designer, that's not the right thing because you're supposed to keep the user as a center of, of your uh, project. So there are multiple ways you can go. There are small courses for it. Uh, there are degree programs for it. Uh, almost every school is, uh, you know, looking in, into those elements. So uh, in what aspect would you ask that question? What do you, what do you mean? Like in what aspect would you ask for, uh, you know, in, in what programs or, or what are people looking for? I, I mean, I, I was just wondering what type, you know, what interests do they have? Like, like what are the motivations that... Um, people in your field have that would be that our listeners might resonate with right so i think if you're building anything for for literally any human being 
who's going to be the end user of the product, which is, I would say, almost like 80% of the products today, yeah. then this is going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. I'd say not just advertising, but every field, tech, digital, non-digital, manufacturing, uh, there's always that end of uh, you know user experience. You might be as a researcher in certain industries, you might be as an experienced designer in certain industries, you might be as a developer in certain industries. So uh, it totally depends. It's such a wide skill set. Sure. Does, um, do most agencies have this role or is it uh, mainly for the larger um, agencies? Uh, I would say at, at this moment in time, I would assume that it's almost imperative for everyone have to, to have. Yes, yeah. you have to. Yeah. So I want to also talk about now, I'd be foolish not to mention this really cool side project that you have. Um, it's called Link It Black, and it is so cool. Um, go ahead and give us a rundown to the listeners out here what this side project is and what your goal is with it. Right. So I'll just back up a little bit and uh, start from where it started. Sure. So there are four of us, uh, and it's a collaborative project. Uh, it's Mo, Alex, Nick, and me. Uh, Mo is, you know, creative director at Facebook. Uh, Alex is a creative director at Spotify. Uh, Nick is a creative director at uh, Havas, and I'm at Wonderman Thompson. And the conversation started because Mo and I used to work at JWT together. Uh, and then, you know, we worked on Black Lives Matter, a project for Black Lives Matter, uh, and we were working towards it. Um, and, and since then, we've been in touch. Uh, the conversation started about there's so much happening in today's world. Our agency world has not changed much with, with all that is happening. And it's a little surprising for us that, you know, the underrepresentation has still been a highlight and still been a part of conversations since back in the day. So the, the idea came about is like, how can we move from conversations to actions? Uh, and how, how can that actually happen? There are so many people, like whenever we see an initiative and you talk to people, they're like, oh yeah, I would love to be a part of it. But the motivation to actually take action is super high. Like you'd really, really need to convince people to do those things. In addition to which, we also started noticing, you know, within our agency models that have been there for decades and decades, people are moving from one agency to the other. They're just like, you know, shifting seats. So, yeah. and that is not really good because what that does, it, it is kind of making the entire system homogeneous. Uh, and, and for creativity, that perspective remains the same throughout all, all agencies. There's, there's nothing to differentiate by the end of the day. So how can we open the door uh, and you know, let those who have been underrepresented or those who've never had the opportunity uh, look at a face of a recruiter and meet them? Uh, now, specifically talking about black talent, uh, there are so many websites that have been curating lists and lists of uh, you know, uh, talent that is available out there looking for jobs. Um, but because, for example, you or I might not know that person, there's a very less chance for us to recommend them. And which is why we thought that, you know, we are our own brand. We have our own space. We have a LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. A lot of us in the creative industry have our own portfolio websites. We have Facebook. We have social media. We're connected to so many people. And generally, that's how recruiters come looking for us, right? 
uh, they'll come and check out our LinkedIn, they'll come and check out our site. And if I am somebody who is already, you know, I already have a gig, I'm happy, and I really want to help out people, which is a lot of them out there, I can just put up a simple message on my website. Hey, if you're a recruiter who's here to, you know, look for talent, mm-hmm. I would highly encourage you to go check out these links listed below on my site. And it started with that, and it, it was a really simple thing. And we provided the template that you know you could just copy paste onto your LinkedIn profile, or for that matter, on your Instagram or or your portfolio website, and just let a recruiter know that hey, I am not available, but if you're really looking for talent, check out these links. So just how, the simplest way we can redirect talent, redirect our privilege to those who've been underrepresented was the key motive for this. I love it. I, I think this is incredible. Um, how, so I have a couple of questions. It's taking, it's taking each person's like personal brand or wherever that personal brand's living on their, whether it's your own website, your LinkedIn, heck your Instagram, or even your Twitter. For, mm-hmm. I know a lot of creatives are on Twitter. Yeah. They love to talk on Twitter, but you, you create this little, it's in your bio, right? That, that that's where this link lives, and it's and you whatever the message you want to tailor it to, you have you provide templates, I'm sure, but you basically say, if you're here to look for me, if you're a recruiter looking at my profile, you might as well go try. You better go check out these other ones, or there's a whole list here of these underrepresented people that you should check out as well. Now, my first question is. Um, the people that are super engaged with this initiative, are they already people, what, what do they look like? Are they people that have their careers pretty much set up that they're just willing to help out other people or where, where, who's, who's engaging in this heavily? That's a great question. And we are actually seeing a wide variety of people. We are looking at freelancers actually put like blocking their entire site and just no putting way. up this message. Yeah, and, and that's incredible, right? Because like we would think freelancers are always out, you know, looking for gigs. But they're also coming out. Uh, not just that, we're looking at every level, uh, you know, down the hierarchy, right from like creative leadership all the way down to intern level, sure. are sharing this on, on, their, on their LinkedIn's and on the profiles. And it's actually surprising that just a small change has, is like turning into such a big thing. Now, because we, we so one thing that I wanted to mention is, Sure. The entire thought process was how can we become the gateway and not a gatekeeper? Uh, so nice. with, with that, what I mean is that we don't want to tell that this is the right thing to do. These are the policies we should follow. These are the things that we, sh- we should be doing. But we want to be like, how can we become a gateway to like redirect somebody's profile into uh, to help someone else? And, and with that, it, it kind of like becomes very anonymized by the end of the day that who's using this. We are not tracking down people that, hey, did you put this on or did you use this? It has to be very organic. So by the end of the day, we, we are encouraging people to use hashtag link it black. But again, it's your brand. If you want to use it, use it. If you don't want to use it, if you want to use different links, go ahead and do that. We are not uh, keeping a tab on that. Right, right. And you're just starting a trend that they people should be linking it to these directories of people that are underrepresented. And That's however right. form or whatever form that looks like is fine with you guys, as long as it's it's starting that conversation, you're opening the gate, you're not one to be the gatekeepers, you said. That's right. That's 100% right. Nice. 
Um, how would I, um, to the listeners out there, where do we get started? How do we, how do we, um, engage in this? Cause I'm going to well, do it right after this call. Awesome. So there are multiple ways we can engage with this. I'd say to start off, uh, please visit linkit.black. It's our website. It's not a.com it's linkit.black. Uh, or you can even, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram at, uh, linkitblack. And on Instagram, we are sharing a lot of inspirational stuff as to like, how can you link it black? What are the ways creative, what are the creative ways people are, you know, sharing this uh, on their own uh, spaces? Um, whereas on our website, we actually have resources. If you do not want to like put in that much effort, if you just want to copy paste, we have templates available. We have images available for you to share on your own social profile. Because by the end of the day, it's a movement by the people for the people, and we are not here with you know spending media budgets or trying to promote it from from that angle. So it's it's as organic as it can be. I love it, and I'm just looking at the Instagram now. I think this is incredible. What is um? So we know the motivation to what made you guys start, it. and tremendous people seems like to be on your team, including yourself. Um. What's the end goal look like here? When are you going to be, are you going to be satisfied or are you taking it to the next level at some point? What's, what's your, what's the vision? Give us the details. Right. So uh, I think that's a very interesting question, you know, in a way, like what is success? And I think success would be when we won't have to do any of these initiatives and, you know, we have, we have that ideal world in which we, we don't have to talk about, uh, redirecting privileges or, or, you know, finding people that have been underrepresented. Uh, but at the same time, I guess we are still in very, very like baby stages, if you will. Uh, and, and we are still trying to figure out what, uh, you know, one is how can we make sure that recruiters who are going to these links and websites that have been redirected from other profiles, how can we help those recruiters uh, to achieve their goals? Uh, how can we help track that success level for not just LinkedIn Black, but also, you know, uh, in a way that we, we are meeting the representation goal for, for an organization? We mm -hmm. have started those conversations. We are building on this conversation. We are, we are you know, bit, uh, starting to have those conversations with the recruiters to understand what exact, what is the goal that they're looking for? Because the problem becomes that each industry, each organization has a problem that is unique to their own. And there's not one formula that can solve it all. Sure. So that's, that's where we, we are kind of netting. So uh, it's very open-ended at this moment in time, and we want to keep it that way. When did this officially start? When did you launch? Uh, we launched in July, July okay. of 2020. Very recent, very recent. Um, and have you heard back from anybody that has anybody reached out or is there, is there any way or metric for you to say we've helped X amount of people find a job? Um, so we, again, is what I'm saying, because we are talking to recruiters, uh, we are trying to figure out solutions for them. That is one way that we can figure out. A lot of people have been tagging us. Uh, so, for example, if, if you look at today's Instagram, there's an, uh, they, uh, I guess we're just still posting it now. Uh, but it's, it's an image of like somebody has shown a tracker on their website where a recruiter has come and seen them and gone ahead to one of those links. 
So it's just like, you know, them thanking the recruiter for going and checking out other links and they've tagged us to it. So mm -hmm. this is like really good way of, for us to see that recruiters are participating in this. It is working out for them. They are going and checking out other links. And that is like a little victory for us. I love it. I love it. This is incredible. Um, as a side hustle, I mean, you, I'm sure your hands are pretty busy over at Wonderman. Um, mm -hmm. How do you manage, like, how did you guys manage to do this side hustle, like working a full-time job? How did you find time? So um, I think for us, it's been like, we, we were very passionate and we all jumped on this project. I, I'd say like June, May, June time. Oh, uh, and turnaround. Yeah. So uh, I'd say like, it's been Saturday, Sundays, it's been working, you know, off office hours. Uh, it's just been like, you know, that uh, passion to drive something that you really believe can change the way people uh, think uh, made us work out through this. And uh, yeah, like uh, definitely through COVID, like things have become more busy and, you know, uh, mm. work and personal life, they're, they're kind of like blurring out the lines. But yeah. But when you're passionate about something, there is always time. That's what I believe. And that's how it worked for all of us as well. Yeah. Yeah. And was there a fear when you first launched it with your friends? Um, was there any like hesitation or maybe fear that it wouldn't work out or it wasn't enough? Or was there any of that like dissonance? Uh, that's that's a great question. Uh, initially, we thought we were not sure how would this be taken. Uh, you know, because we all work for different agencies, brands, some of them might be competitors in, you know, the, the lines are so blurred nowadays. And we were like, we do not know how will we get everybody to the same stage. But everyone has been seeing this through such an open mind that it it's kind of surprising. And it's uh, and we love it. Everyone wants to be a part of it. Everyone is participating through it. So initially, there was that uh, hesitation. But you know, it's it's kind of like encouraging us now that we can go and take the next step. Like everyone is on board with us. Right, right. So they they everybody's helping you out. I mean, they're they're excited and they're encouraging. I'm sure. I mean, that's a real litmus test of any agency or organization. Like if you launch this and some and an agency is like, oh, you can't be working with Spotify. They're our competitor or Facebook. Then you should probably find a new place. But that was obviously <laughs> that's true. That's obviously not the case. Um, Wonderman's been uh, obviously amazing for you. So I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. And, you know, everyone has been very supportive from actually all the companies that we work for. Everyone has been coming forward. And even before we launched it, we shared it with like internal teams. Sure. And everyone has been super encouraging. They've been sharing their ideas and their perspective as like, okay, you know, the tone is maybe we can change the tone, make it more open. And it's just been... I think it's been a collaborative effort across the industry, I would say, not just like four people, which is what great. Can, what can uh, we would have to I want to see how we can partner. Maybe we can promote each other with Breaking Entering and Lincoln Black. I think that's something that we need to talk about off the air. Yeah, for sure. We're happy to have those conversations and, and uh, definitely we can. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I guess then any other resources besides Link at Black that, in, that you've come across, I'm sure there's a lot of research involved. What else have you stumbled upon that can be super helpful for people out there um, in this same realm? Um, I think we are also learning in this moment in time because there's so many links out there that even we did not know of, uh, sure. of, of 
agencies, organizations uh, recruiting uh, that are that you know list a lot of talent that's out there. Mm -hmm. uh, so even we are learning. I would say let's keep an open mind. Teach us a little bit. We'll teach you a little bit, and let's make this our our own thing. Like it's it's everybody everyone's project. So mm -hmm. uh, because by the end of the day, it's is the industry that we work for. We make the industry, and we kind of like influence the culture of the industry. And if we want to make a change, we have to make it together. Uh, not just like two people, four people, or like ten people can do that. Love it. Well, that pretty much concludes everything. I want to thank you for coming on the Breaking and Entering podcast. And I want to thank you for all the work you got, you and your friends have been doing with Lincoln Black. Any final words of advice for students looking to break into the advertising world today? Um, all I would say was uh, keep an open mind, uh, stay creative. It's still, you know, advertising is the title, but it's still a creative industry. So it doesn't matter what field you are in, doesn't matter what kind of work you do. There's advertising is such an open space that uh, there's always opportunity. Uh, and feel free to reach out if you have any questions. I'll be more than happy to help guide anyone through that. Yeah. And we'll, we'll um, put all the links into your account and link it black. So thank you very much. Uh, have a great day. You as well. Thank you so much, Gino. This has been super awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the breaking and entering podcast i hope you enjoyed vb and his project link it black um they're doing amazing things so please go check that out thank you all for listening again can't do it without a couple people so here's some shout outs mikey malarkey our audio technician buchan jong our creative director kyle moore our strategist and of course audrey nussbaum our co-host and the midnight oil team at the university of illinois can't do it without you guys thank you very much we will see you all next week with another amazing episode.